everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Athlete Journal. I am here with Roland Amatefio. He was a teammate of mine at Michigan, um, sprint hurdler, just a star, three-year captain, but uh, more importantly, Roland is one of just the coolest humans that I know um, and a really, really good guy that has been involved in so many things during his athletic career. So Roland, thank you so much for coming on. I'm excited to have a combo with you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I love what you're doing here and I'm excited to be a part of it. So thanks so much. Before we go on, I just wanna give a quick word from our partner, Unbeknownst Co. Unbeknownst Co is a small woman-owned business operating out of a small apartment in Portland, Oregon. They make unique handmade goods, including jewelry and art prints. So again, if you're not a jewelry wearer, you might find some really cool stickers or uh, prints that you can hang up on your wall. Or maybe you just wanna get a gift for someone. Um, all of these designs are super neat, unique, handmade, featuring minimalistic design inspired by natural elements. And they also focus on providing quality, functional aesthetics and sustainable packaging. So I'm very excited for this partnership. I just met with Emma, the business owner, um, not too long ago, and we discussed having a featured product of the month. So stay tuned for that and check out their website. That's www.unbeknownstco.com. And the cool thing about this is that all Athlete Journal podcast listeners can get 15% off using the promo code AJP for Athlete Journal podcast 15. That's AJP 15. Thanks. So um, I guess I, I can start with the athletic side, um, just a little bit of background so people can see uh, what a stud that you were in your athletic career and still are. But as I mentioned, Roland was a three-year captain with me on the team at Michigan and scored in the Big Ten many times. First year that he scored was sophomore year, where he was fifth at the Big Ten championships in the 400-meter hurdles and then also scored in the 110 hurdles. And for those of you that haven't watched track meet before, uh, those hurdles are a lot higher than you would think. And so <laughs> and whenever I'm watching, I'm just like amazed by like, you have to just be on, um, you know, one little stumble and you're done. So I always had like so much respect for uh, your, you guys. And it's just been fun watching you race. But kind of after that, you got the ball rolling your junior year, you were fourth at Big Ten Outdoors and then 400 meter hurdles. And then 10th in the East prelims, which qualified you for nationals, where you were 24th at nationals, um, which is a really, really big deal, obviously. And then senior year kind of continued that track, and you were fifth at Big Tens in the 60-meter hurdles. And then, um, and that's where you ran your career best, but then there was COVID, and so that yeah. put a little bit of a damper on things. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so I think that was interesting because I remember we were both kind of planning on being done after that. And then mm -hmm. we both made a decision to come back. And so, uh, you know, get grad degrees so we can finish out our athletic career. And you're still in grad school, which we'll talk more about in a second. Um, but good thing that you came back because um, as a grad student fifth year, you helped uh, in the four by four relay, got them to nationals where you guys were 10th, but also we were talking about before this, uh, what a special thing it was to help lead the team to be second at, um, outdoor big tens after years of what we've kind of felt like was underperforming. Um, Absolutely. you know, you, the yeah. men's team really got it done that year. So 
yeah, talk a little bit about that or kind of some of the highlights in your career and uh, things that you've learned from it. Yeah, that was definitely the highlight in my career. I think um, coming back, deciding to come back was a really big decision for me because um, I already had a job lined up. I was ready to go. Um, I def- I know I definitely talked to you about just kind of being ready to hang it up. Um, but as things changed with COVID and everything, I uh, made the decision to come back. And it was really predicated on wanting to have that team success that I hadn't been able to have before. Um, and also trying to uh, take a shot at being able to make the Olympics for Ghana, which didn't happen, but it's all good. Um, but I wanted to, you know, really be a leader and be able to um, help get people to um, just buy in and commit to trying to win a Big Ten championship. And we got as close as you can possibly get. And uh, it was an amazing ride for us, for sure. Yeah, I remember being so pumped about that and um, kind of just what you were saying, some things that resonate with me uh, is just the fact that you are such a good leader and not necessarily um, in, you know, the things you say, but just kind of like your presence and you just seem to get it. You have um, you know, you're able to turn on that competitive fire, but also, you know, can you're just as excited um, about other people on the team. Absolutely. Like I remember just getting so hyped with you on this, <laughs> like cheering people on. Yeah. Um, and more importantly, you just kind of see the bigger picture in things, I think. And that's also reflected in all of the organizations that you have been involved in at University of Michigan, outside of school, um, and still are involved in. So um, I kind of want to talk about that a little bit and how you have been able to balance it all and how that has kind of translated to you being a leader um, on the track. So um, a little bit of background and some things that Roland does. In 2018, you helped start the Five North Project, which, and you were the direct, Director of Environmental Impact and Director of External Communications. And so with this project, you guys took a trip to Ghana the following year to help bring computers to kids um, in classrooms. And you not only brought them to them, but you helped set it up. And so that's kind of like, is that the first kind of project that you've done to kind of help bring resources to people that wouldn't otherwise have them? Yeah, it was. Um, and for me, this was extra special um, being a Ghanaian and um, both my parents being from Ghana and having lived in Ghana when I was a kid, I really you know, I'm, I'm lucky to be in the United States now and have to have everything that I have now. Um, but I know just like um, any, any other student over in Ghana, if they had the same opportunities I did, they could be, you know, even more successful than I've been in my, um, in my life so far. So it was extra special for me and being able to do it with uh, my now fiance um, and a good friend of ours um, was, was even that much more special. So um, really enjoy the opportunity to be able to take the computers over there and um, just be a part of um, breaking that digital divide and um, bringing that change to the, all those students in Ghana. Yeah, the thing that I just love about this is um, you just took something that you're passionate about and you went out and did it. It wasn't something that was already established. It's pretty easy to just, you know, join a club and and that is great. And it's awesome mm-hmm. to do any sort of like community impact stuff. Um, but the fact that you kind of had a vision and then you made it happen but it's also not like you have a ton of free time either, right? You're full-time yeah. student and obviously an amazing track athlete. So, you know, what kind of sparked your interest in, okay, I have this idea. And then how did you go about actually executing it? Yeah. Um, so it started with a contact that we had um, through um, the person that became the president of this organization, Austin Barajas. He had a contact 
um, with a person in Ghana, which is a lot of people think we started this because I'm from Ghana, but it was actually coincidental that um, I'm from Ghana. Um, so that was kind of the um, issue that was brought up. And we knew that there's so many computers here in the U.S. that companies use and then um, they need to like get rid of them because there's newer models coming out and stuff like that. But there's still really good technology that can be used and reused um, to serve a purpose for students. Um, so we kind of, you know, took that idea um, and then created a project around it. And it was a ton of work. I'm looking back on it now, but uh, so worth it. Um, absolutely. And I think we made a real impact. And I've seen other organizations doing um, similar things since then, not saying that we started anything, but being able to see other people continue to make an impact, I think is super inspiring. Um, and I hope to be able to do something similar in the future or join a, a project that's just going out there. And like you said, not just um, talking about doing stuff or learning about doing stuff like we've been doing at U of M, but actually making that change out on the field. So, Right. Yeah. Not just uh, talking the talk, but walking the walk a little exactly, bit. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, going back to that, another organization that you helped co-found War, Wolverines Against Racism. Um, mm-hmm. I was so happy that I was able to start joining in on meetings. Did you guys start it last year or just before last year? Yeah, so the the organization was officially started in, um, what was it, 2021, right? No, 2020. Yeah, yeah, 2020. But um, the idea, which um, was I co-founded with um, Brianna Nelson, as we know her, Brie, um, we the idea kind of came from um, conversations that we were having with with the athletic department and these unity calls that we kind of started in the summer of 2020 as um, this like racial reckoning was going on in our country um, and providing a space for student athletes of color um, to be able to talk about their experiences and hear different perspectives but also provide a space to just have some um, collective like just understanding of, of the, the gravity of the issues that we're dealing with. And I think it was really important for us to have those conversations. And it sparked a lot of change, obviously, throughout our country. But um, it's only the beginning. And um, our organization is um, going to continue to try to be at the forefront of be, making creating spaces for people of, of color and others to be able to express themselves and, and move towards a place of equality. Yeah, and I was always just obviously, again, it's something that you're taking time out of your own busy schedules to organize because it is something that needs to happen. And also kind of using the platform of athletics to, you know, we always kind of felt like if you're an athlete on campus, you know, people see what you do and you have an opportunity to use your platform to do good and to have these conversations. And so for you guys to create a space to have dialogue or, you know, for allies to just be able to listen and kind of understand, like, I haven't lived, you know, some of like the things that people have gone through because I do, you know, have white privilege and then being able to actually hear from that, from my peers, you know, people that I am spiking up, you know, against on the track, like it was really, really cool to, um, you know, be a part of that. And, you know, it's great that you guys are continuing it. And it's my understanding that you're still involved with that, even though you're a retired athlete. Yeah. Um, so playing more of a, um, I'm, I'm, I kind of started more of as an advisor um, because of some time constraint issues. But um, since hanging up the spikes, um, I've taken a larger role in the organization and I'm trying to do more community outreach and see how we can kind of mentor the youth and 
um, be able to inspire them to chase after their dreams. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where we're headed now. And I'm looking forward to being able to be, um, take, take a larger role in what we're doing now. Yeah, that's really, really cool. Thanks. And then you're, so you're, I mentioned before, but you're in masters of urban planning. You said yeah. you only have one class left, right? Yeah. Yep. I'm in my final course this semester. Uh, really excited about that. Um, cause it's been a long academic road here at U of M, uh, six years in now, which is way too long. Um, yeah, excited about being able to finish that and start my professional career in the planning field. Yeah. And you said you're planning on moving to Detroit. Yep. Um, so yeah, plan on moving to Detroit and, um, really investing in that community. Um, I really got connected to the city of Detroit through my time at U of M, um, especially doing a lot of volunteering with an organization that I was a part of called Athletes in Action, um, which is like a student organization um, that's all about um, really learning to walk um, the Christian faith in a tangible way. Um, so not just uh, you know preaching and teaching, but actually serving people um, so we did a lot of that throughout my time volunteering um, in Detroit, and um, that's the place where I really want to invest now for hopefully a long period of time in, in my life. That's so cool. So you guys in the Detroit area, look out for Roland. I'm sure he'll <laughs> be out there. He's going to be doing great, great things. So obviously you guys have now kind of gotten a little bit of a window into everything that Roland has been involved in, which is just so much. And the thing that I want to touch on is again, like a little bit of like that balance and you're so passionate about kind of bigger picture things, these things that really matter to you. And the fact that, you know, there are people that don't have the, the privileges that, you know, we have even like, for instance, as athletes at U of M, we're very spoiled. Um, Absolutely. But, yeah. <laughs> and just like recognizing that, but at the same time, like taking advantage of every opportunity that you had as an athlete and stepping on the track and being all in um, you know, with your training and in competition and, but also you just have such like a kind of relaxed presence about you. I mean, I remember one time before, um, big tens, I was like, I was one of the last distance runners to go because it was at the end of the day. And, um, you and some of the other sprinters, we were all in the hotel room because we were waiting for the last bus to go to the meet. And, you guys are all just like laughing and dancing and it just like helped me relax before my race, which so, so many times distance runners are very like uh, trying to conserve energy and like serious. And I just, I didn't even realize that I needed that, but I really did. Um, so the fact that you still like, just have like this, you know, happy, excited energy about you, you know, while you're doing all these things, it, it kind of blows my mind. And so how do you do it, Roland? <laughs> Um, I, I definitely want to start by, um, for me, just my, my, like my personality and the energy that I have is a gift from God, first and foremost, like this world is too hard for me to be as excited and as passionate about things that I'm, that I am passionate about. Um, but yeah, definitely want to, um, want to, want to give it up for that for sure. But I've also had a lot of support. I think that's something as athletes that we don't always acknowledge until we have these like big moments of like winning awards and things. Um, when we remember to thank our family and our friends and people that supported us. But I have a huge support system uh, that, that really gives me the, the opportunity to go out and live my best self in everything that I'm doing, knowing that at the end of the day, I have people in my corner and I have people supporting me. So I think that's a big part of it. And um, in our culture, we're talking a lot more about mental health now. And I think that's a really important thing. Um, I didn't even realize how much 
our mental health help I've been getting all over these years with encouragement and um, really having people to be supporting me and everything. And um, it's something that um, I've tried to provide for other people as well throughout my career and something that I hope to continue to be able to bring um, into every space that I'm in. Yeah, I like that. It's so true. It does like, it takes a lot of people to be able to kind of achieve your dreams. You can't just do it on your own. So I'm glad that you like had that perspective because I didn't even, I didn't know how you're going to go with that question, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. this man must have a time machine or something with everything no. he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's really cool. So I guess reflecting on your time as an athlete and your time at Michigan, um, you know, what are some of your biggest takeaways and, um, especially now reflecting the fact that you are done with your athletic career. I don't know, maybe you still like, no, I'm, I'm, done. I'm, I'm very done. I've realized I, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm in a break period right now and I think I'm enjoying that. Yeah. Now. But talk about now that you aren't in athletics kind of, I guess, you know, is there anything now that you've kind of realized that you've had a time to reflect since your career is over? Also touch on when you're trying to possibly make an Olympic team, you know, yeah. that's a really, really big thing. And kind of how has that transition been? And I know a lot of athletes, you know, kind of struggle with that because you do something for so long and then all of a sudden it's done. And then you have a lot more free time on your hands, but it does feel a little bit weird because it's been part of your identity for so long. Definitely. I'll start with the, uh, the Olympic dream that I had. Um, I think as an athlete, uh, we all, you know, when the Summer Olympics comes around every four years, um, we, we all think about, you know, why not me, you know, the possibilities of being able to be out there. And I definitely had those dreams for a long time. So being able to chase those on the track um, was super fun for me. Definitely didn't get to that point. Um, but being able to have the opportunity to race and try to qualify um, and hit those times um, was a really cool part of my career um, that I appreciate. But I definitely think the transition has been, it's been tough. I think you lose a big part of your identity, like you were saying, um, when you're no longer an athlete. And it's definitely something that I tried to prep myself for. Um, and it felt like I almost went through it twice. The first time in 2020 with COVID, when no one really knew what was going to happen next. Um, and then feeling like I lost um, track and, and athletics at that point. But then also, once I was at, finally done in 2021, but yeah, the transition was hard. It's been hard, um, but I think it's supposed to be hard. I think when you're going from something that, you know, took up so much time and energy in your life um, from that and now in a new space where I feel like I'm a little bit more well-rounded maybe because I, I don't dedicate as much time to athletics. Um, yeah, I think it's a hard transition for everyone. Um, I definitely heard Meg talk about it in, in your first episode. Um, heard Meg talk about it in, in the first episode. And I think it's, it's really important to surround yourselves with, with people um, that will con continue to support you through that journey and be able to figure out what's next for you. So I'm definitely in that, in that stage where I'm trying to figure out what, what do I do now? Um, obviously, I have a career that I'm really excited about. Um, I have a family that I'm, I'm continuing to invest in. Um, you know, I'm, think, I'm thinking about taking up rock climbing. I'm thinking about trying to find you know, different ways to continue to channel some of my energy and, and be able to do things that are um, fun for myself. But yeah, it, it's a process and um, I'll continue to lean on people that have gone through it um, and people that are currently going through it like yourself 
um, yeah. to, to get, uh, get to the other side and be better for it. Yeah, absolutely. I, it isn't really talked about that much when you're in it and then suddenly it's gone. And then, yeah. like you said, it does, it just feels weird. I don't know how you feel. I kind of felt like, you know, I can't even imagine doing this workouts that I did last year right now. Like my body needed a rest. Yeah. And so with that, I'm like, okay, I'm, I think it was time to be done, but then you have, I still have like that competitive energy. And I wonder if, you know, you kind of feel that too. And it's kind of weird that you don't have an outlet for that anymore. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I used to, I mean, track for me was therapy with everything that I had on my plate between academics at Michigan and uh, student orgs and, you know, just everything that we're dealing with as student athletes. Um, being able to actually go out and exert some energy and be able to um, work on really specific goals and trying to meet certain things over the course of four to five years, um, it really gives you an outlet to be able to express yourself. Um, and yeah, it's definitely something that um, that is, it goes by, also goes by way too quickly. Yeah. Um, I remember being a freshman and, and some of the older guys and, and gals telling me, you know, it goes by really fast, make sure you know, to, to, to really appreciate, um, the time. And I was like, well, I'm a friend, I've got like many years, it's fine. Right. But that's, that's so true now looking back on it and seeing like, yeah, it was, it was a really cool period of time. Um, something that a lot of people don't get to experience, experience being a student athlete, you know, in, in, at this level. So, uh, really appreciate the time that I had, but, um, yeah, trying to make that, that transition now. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you have a lot going for you again, finishing your master's program and then moving to Detroit, getting married. That's huge. So yeah. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, big, big things coming your way. That's, that's really awesome. And, um, it sounds like so far that you're, you're dealing with it pretty well. Thanks. I appreciate that. I, I put up a good front. I <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. If it's been hard too, that's fine. Yeah, definitely. So with that, uh, I kind of mentioned last, um, the first episode with Meg that I kind of want to ask everyone and it's a little cliche, but I also think that the answers are really interesting and kind of say a lot, but the biggest lesson that you've learned throughout your entire college experience and can be very track specific or just kind of in general. Um, and then also something that you're most proud of. All right. Um, I'll start. Yeah. The biggest thing that I've learned, I mean, so many lessons, obviously, right. Um, but I think one of the biggest things I learned, and I think this is, this goes across anything, whether it's school track, um, is just learning to lean on others and learning to work with others. That's what track taught me. Track is an individual sport. Um, when you step out on, onto the track and you're getting ready to go, it's, it's you and, and against your competitors, you don't, you don't get to pass the ball to someone else. You don't get, it's just you. Um, out there, but there's so much work that goes into it. And that's where the, the team aspect comes into it and, and the bonding and the building of, um, of uh, uh, like shared values and things of that sort. Um, so I think learning to lean on others and learning to be able to be vulnerable um, and grow together is a huge lesson that I learned in my track career and um, something that I think I can take into any aspect of life. Um, and then for me, oh, I was thinking about this because I listened to the first episode. Anyone who hasn't listened to the first episode um, of the pod definitely should. Um, it's amazing <laughs> with Meg. Um, and I was thinking about some of my biggest, um, like our, our biggest team successes. 
Um, but I now that I'm thinking about it more, I actually, and I think, um, Maddie, you might agree with me, the, what was it, the winter break of 2020, we yes. as a team decided to do um, this like a uh, winter camp kind of thing where we all came in early in the new year. I think it was like January 2nd or something. Um, and then we didn't start school for a few days. So we just like got to hang out and play games together and um, still train and, and get better on the track, but just really build this cohesive team. Um, and it was something like I'd ne I've never experienced in my whole career and something I'll never forget. Um, yeah, we just, we created these teams within our team um, that was mixed between all of the different event groups and then just got to compete with each other and play games and laugh. And yeah, it was, it was an awesome experience. And I think that was one of the, the moments I'm most proud of being able to plan some of that out um, was really cool. That was really cool. I'm actually really glad that you brought that up because I personally feel like it was kind of a, you know, a turning point a little bit for our, just our team like bonding and culture. Um, I think in the sport of track, it's easy to get siloed into your own event groups, but kind of that was the first time that we, you know, made an initiative. Hey, if we're going to win or try to win, you know, meets and look for a big 10 championships as a team, like we really need to care about each other as a team. And yeah. a lot of that happens um, off the track. So it's cool. You brought it up and it's also just a testament to the team player that you are and the leader that you are. And the fact that even though you've had all this individual success, you realize that it's because of the help of your teammates and you do it for your teammates. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah, and I, yeah. And I, and I really appreciate you. Um, Cause we got to walk this, this crazy journey on the track team together. And it was really cool to just, um, just continue to grow with you as a leader um, and seeing what you were doing with the dis the women's distance group and cross country. Um, and I always looked up to you my entire career and still do. So um, I'm really excited to, to see what you're doing with this podcast, like I said, and I, I hope people check it out and I hope people um, can, can learn a little bit from the different experiences of, of student athletes and athletes alike. Thank you so much, Roland. And I've also always looked up to you and so <laughs> stoked that you were able to make time for this podcast. If you don't know Roland, like you're missing out. So hopefully more people can kind of get to know you through listening to this. Um, and I wish you the best of luck going forward. And I know we'll uh, stay in touch. But um, I just, again, want to thank you for being on here. And thank you to all of our listeners. Again, keep sharing this podcast. Um, check out the Athlete Journal website, www.athletejournalpodcast.com. I've been posting a picture and a summary of every episode, as well as a posting of the latest episode. You can also get the Spotify and Apple Music links there. Um, so yeah, check it out and spread the word. And I'll talk to you guys later. I'm Madeline Trevison, and this is the Athlete Journal Podcast. Thank you.